welcome to episode six of Defense Against the Dark Arts. Uh, I'm Paul Mill, and this is Defense Against the Dark Arts. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, consistency principle, um, attitude, tension, um, tension gaps, and I guess that's about it. So and when I talk about the consistency principle, we're not talking about the consistency principle in accounting. For those of you who had any kind of accounting studies, it's uh, the consistency principle in psychology, obviously. And uh, when you think about consistency, it's the consistency of your attitudes. Um, and and uh, attitudes come from a thing called the attitude formation theory. Now, attitude formation theory isn't anything specific. It's sort of a, a hodgepodge of ideas that were thrown together, um, like all of the soft sciences. It's not really science. It's just a bunch of ideas and models that shouldn't be taken as uh, fact and, and, you know, and hard hard uh, reality but um the the gist is in psychology that attitude is a positive or negative evaluation of a person or a thing so attitude is a an opinion an opinion is uh just positive or negative like they'll they'll it's a logical fallacy to again with the same thing over and over again with this black and white either or logical fallacy they they have the opinion as or, or attitude as an opinion that it's either positive or negative i think let me see if i could find the definition here um okay they define attitude as a general and lasting positive or negative opinion or feeling about a person object or issue so positive or negative, those are all the choices you get. You don't get neutral. Holy shit, who would have thought there might have been a neutral opinion? You know, <laughs> you have to either love this thing or hate it. There is no in-between, you know, black and white polarization. That's, that's the way these morons work, right? So we know attitudes aren't just positive and negative. We know attitudes are also neutral. And we also know that attitudes aren't opinions, opinions are opinions you know attitudes are you know what we what we think what we feel and, and how we act that's an attitude if you say look at the attitude on that guy are you going to look at his opinion no you don't see their opinion you know it might be revealed through their motions right so but it's not just opinion it's opinion would be feeling one part of that one third of what the rest of us think of attitude you know it's it's what you think which we nobody else knows it's what you feel nobody else knows that and, and it's what you do and and each one of those you know what you think can be positive neutral or negative what you say can be positive neutral or negative and what you do can be positive neutral or negative um the word attitude means position like you think of an airplane's attitude. I know words have different meanings, but these are all similar and based on the same thing. Attitude is based on position, how it's angled. Now, attitude in an airplane only means that I'm one dimension, but still in uh, your attitude in terms of a person and how you think, feel, and, and act on something is your attitude, your position. What's your position on Obama? What's your position on Trump? You know, it's it's... It, it has to do with, you know, what you think, what you feel, and what you do. The The soft sciences seem to love these logical fallacies of, especially of the either or, the black and white, you know, logical fallacy of 
polarization of extremes. Now, is that intentional? I don't know. Is it incompetence? I don't know. Probably both. I don't know. But either way, it's clearly garbage. It's mistaken. It's wrong. It's a fallacy. You know, there are more than two choices in most things, right? Not in everything. Obviously, some things there are, but, you know. Uh, another word that comes along that sort of fits with this is association. Um, you know, association, not in terms of a, a group, but the making connections between two things. And associations are used a lot in manipulation and in any kind of persuasion. They try to associate um, positive things with negative things and or positive uh, positive things to their what they want you to think positive of and negative things to things they want you to think negative of. And if you talk to uh, or, or read about this stuff, they, again, they'll use the black and white either or logical fallacy when they talk about associations, saying that associations are, uh, let me see if I had to have a definition of associations. No. Yeah, but so a manipulator will think in term of associations in terms of positive and negative. They want X to be positive and Y to be negative. They want their thing to be positive and that thing to be negative or what they want to steer you away from to be negative and what they want you to believe or do as positive. They don't even think in the terms of neutral neutrality and associations can be neutral. Like if you think of a rope, a rope, you know, if you have a boat, you, you could associate ropes with boating. Now, is that a positive or neutral or a negative association? Well, it depends on who you are. If you work on a boat, it might be a neutral association because you're tired of boats, but you make money from them, so it's neutral. You might be a person who loves uh, you know, racing sailboats. It might be a positive association. It might be a negative association because maybe you hate the water and you went sailing one time or, or boating with somebody and you hated it, right? So it could be positive, neutral, or negative depending on your situation. It's not, it doesn't have to be positive or negative. It could be neutral. And same thing, you know, somebody else might associate boats or boats, ropes with rock climbing. And same thing, it could be positive, neutral, negative, or, or, or you know, uh, lynching. <laughs> like they had that race car thing where that, they're the, the, you know, there's been loops tied to pull down doors for decades. Probably even, you know, the Romans had roll up doors going back thousands of years ago and they had loops on them to pull the rope so the, the, roll, the door would roll up. It's called a Roman blind. And, you know, <laughs> these idiots associating, you know, a rope tied in a loop with lynching. That's the only loops that have ever been used in ropes. You know, you tie a bowline to tie a boat off. Oh, you're tying a noose. You're, you shouldn't be doing that. It's, you know, you know, insensitive. It's ridiculous. Ropes are tied in loops all the time. And if you want to associate it with something for some type of a social justice narrative, well, then you're trying to manipulate people because, you know, you're trying to create that association in other people's minds when it doesn't exist. And most people are neutral when it comes to ropes or loops, because most people who, you know, work with ropes, use them all the time to, you know, you go canoe and you tie a loop and you tie it off. You don't think, oh, I'm tying a noose. Oh, I better not be careful the, the knot I'm tying. It's ridiculous. So associations, you know, like you could think of another association would be like a joystick. You associate joysticks, what do you, I associate them with like games, video games, helicopters, and airplanes, like jet planes or whatever. And, you know, is that a positive, neutral, or negative? That's neutral pretty much all three like i don't really play video games so much anymore you know i used to find them really enjoyable now it's kind of boring but you know so video games i used to work in helicopters and uh you know same kind of thing you know not a big deal airplanes never really been in jet fighters or anything like that with joysticks but uh yeah so it's, it's, it's a neutral association it's not a positive or negative and uh so this attitude formation theory i think is, is you know i know it's not one theory it's a bunch of crap that's thrown together but it's pretty much just garbage 
So going back to the consistency principle, it's it's a model where uh, what you what you think, what you say, and what you do are consistent with each other. Now, there's times when people, you know, they say things that they, you know, they don't believe, or they do things they don't believe, you know, or they, you know, it, they contradict, and then you get, you get a dissonance there. So, if there's a, a the theory, the model goes that if there's an inconsistency between those three, between what you what you think, what you say, and what you do, your brain will try to equalize the others to uh, to bring it into harmony again. So manipulators know this, and they're going to use the consistency principle against us. The idea is if you say something often enough, you'll believe it. And it's like uh, group chanting or any, you know, it's pretty creepy when you hear people chanting in mass or, you know, whatever slogans all yelling. But uh, so if people are saying things that are inconsistent with their beliefs, you're going to wonder, well, how does lying fit into this? Well, lying, I think, is different because you're intentionally saying something that you don't believe. Like you think of a, a slimy saleswoman trying to sell you some piece of junk. Do you, you know, she's been s- hawking that stuff day after day after day. Do you think she honestly starts to believe that the crap she's selling is the best crap? You know, it's the world's greatest piece of crap. You know, do you think she believes that? No, I'm sure she doesn't. She's been selling that crap day in, day out. Is it, is it the world's greatest crap? No, it's not. You know, you have a politician that uh, goes and, you know, and talks from the mic, you know, and talking about their corruption or, or trying to avoid talking about the corruption. You know, do you think they actually believe that they're not corrupt? You know, is that, is that going on in there? Well, maybe. I don't think so. I think they know they're corrupt because they're doing the corruption. They're not that stupid, right? So, and same thing with the, with the news media. You know, they're pushing a lot of lies and propaganda. Do you think they actually begin to believe the stuff? Well, if you actually look at some of these journalists and reporters, I think they actually pretty stupid so i think they do actually start beginning their begin believing their own hype and 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 lies so some people you know it works you know and some people it doesn't right maybe the news reporters no they're 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 aware i'm sure of it they're a bunch of scumbags so there's a gradient of uh there's a gradient of liars you know some people are obviously much better at lying than others you know uh they're better at acting and deceiving. It's a, it's a gradient skill from, you know, from horrible liars to journalists. (laughs) You know, there are people who are masters of deception, you know, uh, and they clearly separate their words from their actions, from their beliefs. So I I think cognitive, not cognitive distance. Um, the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) There are people who are masters of deception who clearly can separate what they think from what they say and what they do. So is there, uh, you know, truth to this consistency principle where you're, what you say, think, and do have to be consistent? Well, no, I obviously, you know, you watch the news. Well, again, some of these guys do believe it, but there are people who lie and they know they're lying and they don't start believing their, their crap. So I don't think the consistency principle is a hundred percent, but it's just a model and maybe it works sometimes. Maybe, you know, maybe it works on everybody sometimes and everybody not sometimes. So. The fact that humans are are such good liars, we talked about this before in another video, you know, there's no lie detectors that work. You know, this they're not allowed to be used in court. It's uh it's a smoke and mirror show. So if anybody hooks you up to one, you know, lie away. Um but there's there's some validity, I think, to deception. If they, they can tell if there's deception, but they may not know the details of, you know, the deception or what the you know, the exact you know, they know you might be deceptive, but it might be something that's going on internally in your mind 
that you know there's, there's conflict going on there so they don't know if the words or what you're saying are deceptive or something that you're thinking about is deceptive that's why they can't really use it in court but uh body language experts you know you talk to them right the the, the gist the gist with body language experts or body languages that there's tells we all have tells and a tell could be uh you know and it might be and you might scratch your nose you might you know twitch one eye whatever it but a tell isn't indicative indicative of anything you need to have clusters of tells happening all within the same kind of time or, or close together and that's what they call a cluster because they're all happening close together and then then that could start indicating something right so there is tells so your body is responding physically to uh something you know something you're trying to hide or something you know you're being deceptive about or whatever so this but it's it's so a course that we can't fine tune it. So, so th there's, there's the rub, right? So the, a possible reason why there are tells in our body language that, you know, aren't really usable. They might be a little bit, I mean, but, uh, is this consistency principle model. And, uh, so the deal is again, our brains will try to rationalize you know, apparently our, our brains will try to rationalize uh, thoughts, our, our thoughts and our beliefs to match our words and our actions to the point of changing our beliefs. You know, if, if, if we do something that is against what we believe, against our values, we might try to blame somebody else, say, well, they, they told me to do it, they made me do it, or say, you know, we're, I was forced to do it. You know, we, we might justify those actions by getting angry at, uh, you know, the people we did things to, you know what I mean? They, well, they made me do it. I didn't, I didn't want to do it, you know, but they made me do it. And, you know, they deserved worse than what I did to them. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, so your brain might start trying to justify in your mind, your actions to get rid of that tension of the dissonance of you doing something against what you believe. And, and, that, and, and this is the thing that the theory of manipulation, I guess, if there is one, the idea is that not all three of those are equally balanced. What you think, what you say, and what you do, they are almost an inverted scale. You would think what you, what you believe and what you think has the most power over what you think and what you believe, but apparently it's not. Apparently if you do, if you act, if somebody can get you to act, to do a bunch of things, then that will, your brain will try to justify it so it, and if you keep doing what you don't believe that eventually your brain will start you know trying to relieve that tension somehow by getting you to sort of believe what you're doing and it's the same thing goes with, with talking so if you say it over and over and over again i don't think speaking has as much power according to the you know the, the scale it's speaking has some influence apparently minimal but what you do has a great influence over what you believe so if you're doing something that you don't believe in and, the, and you keep doing it over and over and over again and it will begin you have tension internal tension building up in your brain and for some people they will begin to rewire their beliefs to match their actions and this is a pretty scary uh, thing I, I don't know how accurate again it's social sciences so i don't put much weight in a lot of the stuff you know maybe we can uh you know experiment on people uh ethically somewhere sometime or join the cia and not do it ethically and just abduct people in black vans and torture them and see what happens. But so one of the secrets of manipulation or brainwashing and conditioning is to get people to do things, um, 
and to make them think that they did those actions on their own. So if, if, if you, if clearly there's nobody around that forced them to do it, and if they, they were sort of manipulate the person or you were manipulated into a position where you did something that you normally wouldn't do or don't want to, but didn't believe that you would do, and you're doing it because of the circumstances, um, that has a profound effect apparently on, on rewiring your belief system because there's nobody else you can believe. So if you don't think anybody else put you in that situation, if you believe you're whatever, then you, uh, you have some uh, mental anguish there. So you begin to rewire your, your beliefs to match your actions. So it's very subtle. And again, a lot of this is, I don't have too much weight on it, but I mean, again, maybe some of the stuff does work or maybe they did work on some people. I don't know. So the concept just again, consistency principle is thought word action. And, uh, in the order action is more powerful than word word is more powerful than thought. So beliefs can be changed. So they say, but again, everybody's different. Some people are more closed minded. Some people are more open minded and which makes some people more vulnerable to, uh, deeper manipulation, but, uh, nobody thinks they're the bad guy and yet the world's full of horrible, horrible people who do horrible things. So how does this, you know, how does this line up right with the consistency principle? Well, people will rationalize their actions, right? Do, and even change their perceptions. And this is where you observe this. You, you see it, you see it when people are like some of the examples I've given about these crazy people that I've, you know, talked to, but people will, will change their perception perceptions. People will change their perception of reality so that everything lines up to make sense again, at least to them. And, uh, this is done to the point of disregarding reality, disregarding conflicting evidence, you know, of, you know, from the, from the objective real world, you know, they'll, uh, they'll replace it with assumptions and their mental constructs, you know, making their, their, the person delusional. You know, this is literally a, a mental illness, right? But it's apparently a very common one because a lot of people I talk to, um, you know, seem to do that. You know, maybe I do it. I don't know if I do it. I hope somebody would point it out and I'd be like, you know, motherfucker, that's right. <laughs> Better keep a close eye on that one. I don't know. But, uh, so that's the deal. You know, you got to watch for people who, uh, just disregard reality, you know, well, I don't believe that. So I'm going to use my assumption and believe my assumption and disregard evidence from the real world, firsthand exposure, whatever, you know, it's out there and it's pretty common. So what causes people to change with a consistency principle? It's tension, mental tension. Now tension can be, uh, in a lot of different forms, but it's the fundamental force of change when it comes to manipulation and, uh, it's the heart of virtually, uh, all persuasion techniques. So, uh, tension is, if you think about it, you, when you feel tension, it's, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, right? And, uh, there's, there's also physical tension. Uh, your muscles will tense up in, involuntarily. Um, but it's, it's, it, it's a, it's an, a tension is an uncomfortable thing that makes you want to reduce the tension. Now, uh, you know, tension is created by a, uh, by a gap between two, two, two things, you, you, you need to create a distance to create tension, a, a gap between two things. And, uh, there's always two parts to tension. 
like uh, grab a, an elastic band or a rope or something and you pull it tight, that's tension. So you need two ends. You need two hands to be pulling on that rope to pull it tight to create tension. And uh, the tensions that people use are, you know, what they uh, what they want and, and what they don't have, what they like, what they don't like, what's good, what's bad, what you think of yourself, what others think of you, what you do, what you believe. These are all uh, tensors, ten- gaps, tension gaps that you can be uh, manipulated with or that the manipulator will try to use to manipulate you. Uh, a manipulator will try to create uh, a tension gap. Maybe you are happy with what you have and you don't want something, but they might try to create a tension by, by trying to make you think or implying or just asserting that you want this thing, you know, trying to create that tension gap. And if you don't, if you're happy with what you have, there is no tension because you don't really want it. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's a failure on their part. Manipulators fail a lot of the time, right? But sometimes they don't. So sometimes they'll try to create tension that doesn't exist. And this is happening all the time in the, in the, on the internet, in the news, they, it's like clickbait, you know, they create tension to try to get people emotional and try to create tension where there isn't tension, try to fabricate and exaggerate stories or, or give misleading articles without all the facts when they know full well that the, 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 when, when you examine the full facts that there's no real story there, but how are they going to report on something that isn't a story? It's better for them, you know, money-wise or clickbait-wise just to put out some bogus crap that they can retract later on or, or update as new information comes in. But before that information comes in and becomes widely known, they, they're making all kinds of wild assertions right which is not news and and that's the, that's so popular so prevalent now it's 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 horrific but anyway so the uh, the bare core of most persuasion methods is utilizing tension creating tension now you can have a tension gap tension is you know the gap between the two two ends of something right so the uh, attention gap could be the now versus the future and uh where you are versus where you want to be. You know, uh, maybe you want to stay where you are and it's going to take energy or, or some kind of attention to maintain where you are to stay on top of the hill, you know? So there's a tension that they could create. Or maybe you want to be somewhere better than where you are. So there's a tension there to change where you are now to where you want to be. So that was the now versus future gap, but one of the the fundamental, most powerful gaps is the needs gap. Now needs, you know, you think of the the needs, what you have for life, you need air, you know, right? You need your blood circulating. Uh, those are the most fundamental ones, right? You need uh, food and, and water and sleep and shelter and safety. And, and there's this, uh, there's this guy Maslow, this twat, he uh, came up with this chart his model of, of his needs hierarchy and, uh, and needs will, uh, will take a priority over all other tension creating gaps. Yeah. So the, the, the most motivating, it's easy to create a, a needs gap, you know, to distract somebody from their higher needs. All you need to do is threaten their lower needs. So, you know, you could, uh, if you, if you go after their food, their sleep, you know, their health, um, you know, that's going to, that's priority all over all the other gaps or the gaps, all the, the other higher needs, you know, you can go after their safety, their security, you can go after their, you know, their self-esteem. That's a very popular one to go after because if you go after the self-esteem then a lot of everything above that sort of collapses. The next most powerful, uh, gap 
of tension. Tension gap would be the the values gap. After your needs are is, is your values, and uh, your values provide us, provide you, provide me uh, uh, rules for living. They maintain our uh, our sense of personal integrity. Uh, that allow us to live into uh, groups of people with shared values harmoniously. Uh, they tell us what we shouldn't shouldn't do. Tell us what's right and what's wrong. Uh, more or less, what's more or less important. Uh, when our values are broken, uh, we feel a sense of wrongness, right? If, if somebody does something that you feel is wrong that you shouldn't do, right? Obviously, you're gonna have a sense of wrongness. You know, it, if if others violate uh, if others violate our values, then uh, we feel a sense of contempt and anger. Uh, towards them when we breach our own values this is a pretty powerful one that hardcore manipulators will will attach is if you breach your own values you feel shame guilt and the retribution of others in the group and cults will utilize this one all the time but we'll get into cults maybe later so if others breach your values you feel a sense of anger and contempt if you breach your own values you feel a sense of shame, guilt, fear of retribution from your group that share those same values because, you know, you've you've broken your own values. Um, We're a very socially driven creature. Again, this doesn't apply to everybody equally. But but values, a values gap is a very powerful tensor to manipulate somebody. And, And it's only, the only thing more powerful than that is the needs gap. So your needs, if somebody attacks your needs, they're gonna, it's easier to manipulate somebody. Somebody attacks your values. That's the next most powerful method of, of attack. The vector of attack to manipulate somebody is go after their values. After their, if, if you can't go for their needs, you know, if they're far away from you or whatever, you go for their values. Distance, right? So after, in the next order of uh, of um, power, of tension, is the goals gap. So uh, we use goals to achieve our needs. So in a roundabout way, if somebody attacks your goals, then they're attacking your needs. And that's the most powerful way of attacking you. So if we, if we don't achieve our, uh, our, uh, our goals or we seem to be behind schedule, we feel uh, frustrated and, and annoyed. And we'll revise our goals when there's clearly when we believe there's very little chance in succeeding uh, in those goals with you know the resources or whatever you have at the time so revising those goals creates a great tension for you to change course you know it's it's an admission of failure and a lot of people can't handle that so they would do anything to achieve those goals. So that, that is a vector of attack that a manipulator will use. If they know what your goals are and they know your goals are hard to achieve, they'll like, it's like the, in Hollywood, the actresses, you know, they have these unrealistic goals of being a, a, a you know, a star. You know, there's millions of actresses that aren't going to make it. And there's a lot of people who prey on those actresses because they know their goals are unattainable. And these girls don't want to give up and go back to, uh, you know, Wisconsin as a failure. So they'll do whatever. So these guys hook them into, you know, well, maybe just do this little uh, art film where you're naked and, you know, you're having sex. <laughs> so, you know, they're porn stars, right? Maybe, they, you know, maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's not what they want. But 
These are uh, tools of manipulation to go after somebody's goals, especially if those goals are, or writers. You see all these snakes, you know, going after people who want to publish books, right? Maybe not so much now because people could self-publish so much easier, but there used to be people that would, well, maybe they still are, probably are, I'm sure, go after people who, uh, you know, want to publish their books, right? They'd, oh, try this and, you know, pay us to edit it. And, you know, not to say that editors are, you know, not valid. I mean, editors are probably, you know, worth the money because they got to read through all these crappy books. But I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, unscrupulous people who take advantage of people who they know because the majority of people who write books are not going to be successful. And it's the same thing. I guess today would be with like YouTube videos or, uh, you know, podcasts or anybody trying to do any of that kind of stuff. Millions of people trying to prey on those because the chances of anybody's podcasts or YouTube videos being successful is infinitesimally small. There's so many videos being uploaded and, and so many podcasts being uploaded. And, you know, so people will try to prey on your your goal of doing that, right? And, and people are you know, figuring the people who are scared of failure well, like, yeah, I'll do, I'll, I'll just give this guy 5,000 bucks and it's, you know, it's going to help me, whatever. When in fact it won't, or you're, they're just taking your cash and spending it on, you know, beer and hookers. But uh, an interesting thing, if you, if you look at really successful people, they are not uh, scared of failure. I mean, successful and confident people uh, have less issue, less issue with failure than, you know, a lot of other people. And I think it's because they, they feel, they try so many things and they fail so often and they learn from their failures that eventually they, you know, they start getting ahead. Whereas a lot of people who are so afraid of failure or, you know, accepting failure, you know, they, they won't let go. Right. And, uh, so the tension of failure, uh, spurs them on to greater heights, <laughs> but, uh, you know, cutting your goals and, uh, and, and your losses might be a virtue but, uh, you know, those who cling to a goal, despite, you know, the low probability of succeeding, you know, and they, they might still succeed, but you know, is, so there's, there's both sides to this, you know, there's nature's random. There's no absolutes. There is no right. There is no wrong. There, some, maybe some guys who are people who cling to their, you know, the, the, like musicians, you see these, some of these musicians who make it, you know, the, the, the chance of them succeeding was so infinitely small, yet they stuck to it and they made it, you know, where there's a, probably, you know, a million other musicians for every one of those who succeeded, who stuck with it, who didn't succeed. So it might work for some, it might not work for others. And, and maybe sometimes, you know, it's hard to say there's no right or wrong. Sometimes it might be good to cut your losses and, you know, stop being, uh, you know, a musician and, and try to, you know, get into whatever, you know, maybe engineering, you know, audio engineering, or, you know, who knows what, you know, roadies or, or go back to school, become a, you know, for maths and become a vice president of some kind of a high tech company. Right. But, uh, denying your goals, uh, yeah, these are these are tools that the manipulator will will a vector of attack that a manipulator will use, especially if you know for going after your your goals if you're of a very slim chance of of succeeding. All right, so tension. There's positive and negative tension. Um, a manipulator will try to entice you with with uh, positive tension. You know the carrot, and if they might. If they don't succeed, now it's, it's a lot of complex. It's not a simple black and white thing. It's not. There's many different layers, but I, a a manipulator might try both in the same person, depending on what the situation is. They might use a positive tension to pull you towards something they want you to notice, and they might use a negative tension to push you away from something they don't want you to notice. 
right? So you get these multi-level things, but generally they wouldn't try just to use a negative tension, you know, the stick, right, to push you somewhere because when you push somebody, you don't know which direction they're gonna go, but if you pull them, they're gonna go the direction you pull them. So they might try, you know, pushing and pulling, pushing you away from, you know, things they don't want you to notice or read or pay attention to and pulling you towards at the same time, right? Depending on how complex the, uh, the, uh, the manipulation is, right? But anticipation can definitely be positive. And you think of an example of, well, how can, how can anticipation be, well, you know, uh, your first kiss, you know what I mean? You sit on the couch and, well, I don't want to go down. Maybe, uh, you're on a roller coaster and, uh, you hear the click, 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 click of the roller coaster just before you go over. That's positive. You're getting all, there's a lot of tension. You're building up tension, but it's positive tension, right? Because you're, you're getting excited before that big drop, you know, but, or, 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 or anticipation could be negative, right? The tension could be, a, it could be a negative tension. If you, you know, you know, you're about to get into trouble. You got caught for something you did and, you know, you're up, you're up uh, Schitt's Creek. Right? So, uh, but in, in both cases, uh, the tension, the waiting can be the worst part from you know, compared to what you know finally results like the going down the hill might be exhilarating but for some people the tension of going up might be more impactful like how often you know you think back to ro- going down a roller coaster and you go down the hill yeah you can picture going over the hill but the tension of going up chicking 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 it's it's a lot more you know visceral another aspect that the uh, manipulator will uh look into is um relevant uh what's relevant and what's a distraction so uh there are distractive distracting tensions that pull targets away from the uh, consideration of the manipulator the manipulator is trying to present something or try to influence you or try to do their magic on you and if you get distracted well that's you know that's a big problem for the manipulator right so attention is, is a major, attention and distraction are major issues for the manipulator. So uh, one of the easiest way, of course, knowing this to uh, not be manipulated is to not pay attention. You know, don't go on social media if somebody's trying to manipulate on social, don't, don't watch the news. If you know the news is full of lies and manipulations, don't watch it. Don't buy, you know, uh, the newspapers of, you know, that you know are full of crap. You know, you know it's garbage. So. Don't pay attention. Don't give them your attention and they can't do anything to you. They can't manipulate you, right? Because, and that's their biggest fear is you not paying attention. They want your attention. So they're going to try all kinds of stuff. So it's uh, it's more effective for a manipulator to pull you uh, to the point where they want, you know, instead of pushing you away. But again, you know, that's a, a simplification because they could be using multiple levels at the same time trying to pull you towards in fact, you know, that's the push-pull, right? You, you, they try to get you to um, look over here, don't look over there. Look over here, don't look over there. Listen to this, don't listen to that. You know, these are the good guys, those are the bad guys. This is what you should listen to, we should censor them. Getting There's another, there's another concept that, that deals with tension. If the tension is so great and you're in a situation where you can't, um, you know, release that tension, if it's too much for you... Uh, you might, they call it, you know, grasp at straws, right? And it's, it's called satisficing. Satisficing is, you know, does it, is it, does it suffice? Is it sufficient? Is it satisfactory? Satisficing. So if you're, uh, you know, drowning out in the water and uh, somebody throws you a, uh, you know, a wet noodle, you're going to reach for it, you know? It's, 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 it may not save your life, but it might. 
you're not going to not reach for it, right? If it has a chance of saving you, even though it's not the best solution, right? So if the tension is strong enough, you know, you're not going to search for the best, the best solution. You're under a great amount of tension. So you're going to grab at the first thing that comes along that might do the job. Even if there's better solutions out there, like an actual rope or whatever. Jeez, I'm talking a lot about ropes on this for some reason. But, uh, yeah. So if there's a good rope, you know, you'd rather have that. But if there's no rope available or you don't notice that there's a rope available and somebody throws you some straw, you're going to reach grasp for that straw, right? So, um. Tension is, is emotion and emotion happens in your brain during tension. Right? So it, 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 of course, everything depends on whether the, uh, the, we're, we're tensed. I don't know if these are words, if we're tensed by uh, desire or negative emotions. So if your emotions are ramped up, uh, hormones are released when you become emotional, like uh, dopamine and adrenaline and, uh, I can't remember this name, obviously some other ones, but uh, they'll trigger your instinctive uh, responses and reduce your cognitive rational thinking. So this is totally something that a manipulator wants. They want you to be emotional. They don't want you thinking rationally. They don't want you being Spock. They want you being hysterical and screaming and emotional and releasing all these hormones in your brain, your body, so that you are not, why is that flashing? So you're, uh, you're not rational. Right, because it's easier to manipulate somebody who's not rational, especially if you if you're the one uh, instigating their emotions. This is wrong. Look what this guy did. Right, we gotta right. Emotioners want emotioners. Emotion manipulators want you in a mono and manipulators want you in an emotional state, not a calm, rational one. So people, you know, respond to you get emotional over clickbait. Now, I don't mean just literal clickbait. I mean all kinds of clickbait in the news or wherever. I, I call it all clickbait, anything that's, you know, garbage that's trying to, you know, draw your attention, right? It, it, it Often they'll try to uh, trigger your sense of unfairness or, you know, uh, justice, you know, um, situations, you know, th- that will get you emotional, right? Um, they, there's like doom casters now, so that, so that people might be, you know, pushing doom. Oh, the world's going to end. There's always been chicken little talking about the skies falling. Right. And in, in different they get investors, you've read any investing books. They always talk about the chicken littles and the guys, you know, the, the doom casters. Now they're called doom casters. Right. But yeah. Or, or the promise of love, you know, all these, but these sexy women, Oh, you know, I'm reaching I got so much junk email from these Russian brides. I don't know how they got me email, but, uh, you know, it's, or maybe they're Indian. I don't know. But, it, you know, so much crap that you get, spam and clickbait. Oh, look at this, right? But we all know that this is not real, right? We all know they're, they're, they're just sharks, right, baiting you with candy and rainbows, right? Or, or, or they're poking you with a stick to try to get you upset. You know, oh, look at this injustice, you know? And you, you, if, if you calmly and rationally and look into it, you're like, oh, well, that, well, that's not really that bad. There was no injustice done there. Everything on the surface, it looks like it. the way you framed it. Yeah, it looks bad. But then when you look at the details and, you know, the full story and context of what actually happened, it's, there was no injustice. It was, you know, just happenings. You know, some people who were bad were, were penalized, right? That's, that's justice. But they try to make it seem like the people who are bad weren't, you know, were unjustly penalized. They don't mention all the stuff that they're doing, you know, so... 
another uh, another aspect, probably the last one we'll talk about here is uh, urge. You know, the deep urge. You know, urge is more of a uh, a deeper control mechanism for your brain, right? It pressures you into, you know, important survival instincts such as eating, sleeping, you know, fighting or, you know, sex, right? Reproducing, right? So these urges, they're, they're deeper. And if, if a manipulator can get you, your urges to control you with your urges to steer you a certain way, right? That's, that's, they're bypassing your rational and your emotional going right down to your, the, the urges, right? They're, you're not even thinking. You're just like, oh yeah, I want a hamburger or, oh yeah, you know, whatever. I'm not going to, but you know, they do, right? So, uh, most, I don't know if I need to talk about. Yeah. Most social justice is, uh, just clickbait pushing false narratives on you, um, to create tension. Uh, and to get you to do what they want you to do, you know, uh, which is first off, you think, what's the point of all these clickbait, the shiny sparkles and everything else? It's to get you to pay attention to them. Like that is the number one thing that manipulators want. If it's slimy saleswomen or salesmen or whoever, they want you to pay attention to them. If you don't pay attention to them, they got nothing. So if you do pay attention to them, they got you. They got the hook. They start reeling you in. And uh, then they want you to support them and give them money or whatever, depending if it's a movement or if it's, uh, you know, some kind of a, like a sales thing, right? But once the manipulator gains your trust, usually they pretend by, or they get that by pretending that they share your values. And they can just sort of do this with this general set of values and put those out there and, uh, and, and just wait, right? It's like fishing. They wait for the people who have those values to get upset from what they've planted, the bait they put out there. And those are the people that will respond to their, their bait. Then those are the people who are going to start trusting them because they're like, yeah, look at the values we put out there. So the manipulator often tries to pretend that they share your values. That's, you know, and then they will, they'll try to find, once they get your trust, they'll try to create, you know, tension between two things. Uh, to uh, to create movement, to create change in you, you know, uh, could be an uncomfortable present for a desirable future, or it could be uh, trying to maintain a desirable present, you know, or uh, whatever, you know, they're gonna they're gonna try to tr create change, tension to create to to create change. They're gonna create tension to create change in you. They're going to create tension to create change in you or try to, or try to create change in you. Um, so anyways, this change is obviously not what you want. It's what they want you to do. They'll think of how, when, and where you'll move and design a tension system to move you in the direction they want, like a puppet on a string. So, uh, that's it for today. Episode six. Like and subscribe and stay tuned for episode seven.